Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 16. Here's Pastor Ryan. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Give me an amen once you are there. All right. So, Father, we thank you again this morning for your goodness, for your grace, your love, your mercy. You are the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and of Jacob. You made the heavens and the earth, Lord. All of us look to you for our sustenance. You provide food and water for us, Lord. Clothing, warm homes and even those that you, who don't acknowledge you, you, you care for them too. But Lord, this morning we've come into your house and we ask that you would speak to our hearts. You have something to say to us in your word, Lord. Your Bible is, is infallible. Your word, it goes forth and it does what you want it to accomplish. And Lord, we pray for our hearts it isn't enough that we listen. It's, it's, it's to listen with a humble heart. So give us humility this morning to receive from you. Holy Spirit, guide us into your truth. Pour out your grace and may it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. Amen. So, this is the last chapter of this uh, first letter, this first epistle to the Corinthian church. The Apostle Paul founded uh, the Corinthian church four years prior to him writing this. And he's writing to them from Ephesus where the Lord was doing a great work there. So he was in Ephesus. He's writing to a church that had a lot of problems. They were blessed, but they had a lot of problems. A lot of carnality. And so this book has been a tremendous blessing in my life and I believe for our church because it exhorts us to get rid of the carnality, the flesh, the worldliness, the divisiveness, the... the um, just the sin that so easily creeps into our lives and into the church. Uh, and so it's been a, a, a tremendous blessing. And, and now in this chapter, he's speaking to them in closing about his plans to come and visit them. The last time we were together, he was talking to them concerning an offering, a financial offering that he was collecting around the uh, Gentile churches in order to take down there in Jerusalem. And so here in verse 5 of chapter 16, Paul says, Now I will come to you when I pass through Macedonia, for I am passing through Macedonia, and it may be that I will remain or even spend the winter with you, that you may send me on my journey wherever I go. And so the area of Macedonia is north uh, nor north of Corinth. It's the area where the church of Philippi was at, the church of Thessalonica, and presumably the church, the Berean church was there as well. And all of these churches were flourishing uh, at that time. And so he wants to visit Corinth, and he, but he, he's going to go to Macedonia first, and then hopefully try to stop by Corinth. And he's, he's going up there, not just to minister to the churches, but also uh, to collect, as I said, a financial offering 
for the poor church in Jerusalem. The saints in Jerusalem, the church there, was struggling. We read in the book of Acts that the church was so on fire, and and the, the people in the early church were of one heart and of one mind. They sold their possessions, their lands, and brought the the funds to those things to the feet of the apostles, and then they distributed it to the needs of, of the poor within the church. And so, well, if everyone's selling their homes and their lands and giving all giving it all away to the church, it left them without really income, uh, viable income. And so the church became poor fairly quick, and they needed help. The apostle Paul said, you know, we've received from them spiritual things. We, we, we have inherited the gospel of Jesus Christ. It all began really there in Jerusalem, right? It's where our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was crucified there on Golgotha at Calvary, there in Jerusalem. He died for our sins there, hung on a tree, crucified, and was buried, and on the third day rose from the dead and is at the right hand of the Father. The message spread from Jerusalem. And it touched really the, the known world there and all of these churches in Asia and, and in Greece. And so Paul is saying, you know, we owe it to Jerusalem because it came from there. And, 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 and this is why there's so much love for Israel today. And we pray for Israel today because it, it all stems from there. We would have no Bible had they not been given the oracles of God. This book was protected and shielded by them and the Lord used them. In the same way, there's a responsibility Paul is saying concerning this collection. Let's take care of the church in Jerusalem. And it's a, it's a good reminder to our church and to every believer that it is our responsibility when we see good brothers and sisters in the Lord or churches that are struggling, that if we can help, we should help them. Right, and I and I say good brothers and sisters in the Lord because the Bible's clear we are to care for the poor and preach the gospel. But when it comes to organizing and getting funds together, it, it needs to be, as Paul would say, she better be a real widow and a godly one if you're going to care for the widows. That she has to be godly if you're going to care for a church. Make sure they're not heretical or apostate or in trouble because they. They ripped off the money or whatever. It just has to be to good believers, and, and we should have it in our heart to help them. Amen? Amen. But also, we're called uh, to also uh, help. I believe it's a duty of every believer to help our church, our home church, with the financial responsibilities of it. Uh, Jesus said that a worker was worthy of his wages. As he sent out the disciples, he said, don't take your wallets. Don't take money fact because when you go out there and the people that you minister to will be so blessed that you minister to them they in turn will take care of your needs a worker is worthy of his wages they were to live by the gospel and and uh paul would say in the ninth chapter of this book he would say whoever goes to war at his own expense right like uh, the soldiers that country sent out to go war, to go battle. You know, the, the countries don't say now, save up for your bullets and, and make sure you can buy a gun and all of the, 
things that you need for the war. No, the nation who sends them takes care of them. And so he says, whoever goes to war at his own expense, who plants a vineyard and does not eat of the fruit of it. And so same for a farmer who plants and, and, and takes care of, of groves and trees and fruit trees. And, you know, of course, if they get hungry, they can eat from it. What farmer could not? And so he says there, who plants a vineyard and does not eat of its fruit? Or who tends to a flock and does not drink of the milk of the flock? The shepherds, the pastors who cared for the sheep and the flocks and all that, they too were blessed to be able to receive uh, from the, the work of their hands. And so Paul would also say to the Corinthian church, if we have sown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing if we reap your material things? And Paul spoke this concerning himself and Barnabas to the Corinthian church. Look, if we took care of you spiritually, why is it such a great thing that you care for us with your material things? Paul would tell Timothy in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 5 concerning elders. He said, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, uh, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. So uh, there's that instruction to the church that the, the bishops or the elders, those who, who do well, and especially those who teach the doctrine, they are to be worthy of double honor, double honor. So as a church, those who care for us spiritually, it's up to us to participate in taking care of their physical needs because they take care of our spiritual needs. I remember the first uh, time I received a, a little salary, just very little, not enough for me to be able to leave Caltrans, but I remember Pastor Jerry and the board says, we're giving you $1,000. I felt, oh my gosh, I'm ripping the people off. I was, man, pastor, know the scriptures. Just a thousand dollars. I mean, what do you think? You think the, the people you minister to, that's all they make? You're getting a thousand dollars. You need workers worthy of his wages. Do not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain. So I had to, I had to rethink things as a believer and as a pastor to say that's how God desires it. And I learned from my board. Look, when you're, when your church has a problem, they don't want their pastor in Fontana working at Caltrans. They want him to be on the go, close by, ready to get to the hospital. Does that make sense? You don't want me out in the fields you know, doing stuff. And so, and just be reminded when it comes to money in the church, when it comes to, to tithes and offerings and giving to the Lord, it's not that God needs money at all. He doesn't need money at all from any of us. Shoot, he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. I was at Point Loma the other day with the family. You know how beautiful that place is? By the water, by the beach, you know, like God needs your money. He, I, you see the moon, you know what I mean? It looks expensive, don't it? <laughs> but God don't need your money. What does he need? He needs our heart. You see, if we're the boss of our money, chances are we're still the boss of our souls. If we're the boss of our money, chances are we're still the boss of our souls. God says, bring in all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house 
And try me now in this, test me now in this, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Malachi 3, God says, test me in that now in this. Make sure that, that my house is taken care of, God would say to us. Make sure that my storehouses are full and that there's food in my house. And I will open up the windows of it. In fact, it's, it's a sin to test God except for this. He said, test me whether or not I will bless you and blow your mind. Test me. I don't need your money. I need your, your obedience. If I can't get $10 from your 100 there's a problem. When we point at all the corporate people and all the wealthy people in the world, how greedy are they, we say. I'm from the hood. You can be greedy over a Snickers bar. You know what I mean? And and if God gives $10 to us and I cannot give him one of what already believes, what, what already belongs to him that he gave to me, there's something wrong. There's no other way of putting it. It's a faith issue. It's an obedience issue. In order to be more like Christ, we need to be givers. He said, give and it will be given to you. The same measure that you use will be measured back to you. God loves a cheerful giver. It was hard for me at first. I get it. I remember giving my first $40 at Calvary Chapel Golden Springs. It was like pulling teeth. It was not, a, I was not a cheerful giver. You know, I trembled. I said, man, there's gas. My car needs alignment. Don't you love me, God? I let, let it, let it go, right? Let it, let it, I let it go. But then you see miracles happen. Like you get jobs that you have no business getting. You don't have the skills, but yet God opens doors that no man can shut. And he's been taking, he will open up the windows of, he even says, I will rebuke the devourer. Like all the debt, all the credit card, all of that, that, you know, no savings and a lot of debt. He can turn that around. But you have to trust him with a little bit. And you know what? You start budgeting different, more carefully. It just, the Holy Spirit begins to move in your life on how to budget. What's really important, what's not? You know, what can you live with? What can't you? And you start sacrificing and living with less in order to honor God. It is better to live with less and honor God than to have a huge cable bill and not tied. Oh, Spectrum gets theirs, huh? <laughs> oh, I can't live without my TV. No, we cannot live without obedience to the Lord. You know, it's like, oh gosh, you know, it's like, you're such a mean father. I can't, don't have Spectrum no more. I don't have direct TV. Can't watch football. I, I work all week. Just go pray. <laughs> Yeah, so he's collecting, and it's a good reminder. Trust the Lord, guys. God's always taking care of our church, you know. I mean, I, I worked for 10 years bivocational, and I worked 20 years for Caltrans, and, uh, but 10 years of that I was teaching Wednesday and Sunday and driving and tired and all of this, and because the church couldn't afford to take care of me at the time. It's cool. We were smaller, and it was whatever. But when the time was right, the time was right. 
And when you tithe, it's almost like you may not see the turnaround right away, but you just keep being obedient. And he sees the obedience. And if you're faithful in the little, he'll give you more. But if I ain't faithful with 10 bucks, how am I going to be faithful, faithful with a thousand? You know, so just something to consider. He is such a good God. He, he, he does not tell you to do something that's going to hurt you. It'll only bless you. And some of us have to learn how to be more frugal. I mean, I, I come from an abusive background, you know, and, and I, so Clarissa would watch me go to McDonald's after McDonald's after McDonald's. And she goes, I'm from Pretty World. You're from the Vario. You eat like you're from Pretty World. I said, well, honey, I was abused, you see. And uh, I need my Happy Meal often. <laughs> <laughs> you, you come from pretty world where they treat the kids right <laughs> but I, but then i learned you know maybe she's right maybe i can eat out all the time so it's the way god teaches you you know and, and he's got his ways but anyways <clears throat> i want to pass he says i want to uh, for I am passing through Macedonia, and it may be that I will remain or even spend the winter with you, that you may send me on my journey wherever I go. And so Paul is saying to the Corinthian church that he may winter with them, that his wishes were to go by them and even winter uh, with them. And so he's expecting really their hospitality. And why, why wouldn't he expect it from them? After all, he founded the Corinthian church. He planted it four years prior. So he's saying to them, it is, it is, I'm wishing to be there. I hope to stay with you even throughout the winter, not have to sail during the rough seas, just to be with you guys. In other words, he was expecting that they would house them, that they would be hospitable uh, to him. And, uh, you know, we are told throughout scriptures to be hospitable. And when we're told to be hospitable, the Bible doesn't necessarily mean to be like hospitable to your family, although that's a good thing, right? Family comes over, they stay a while, they go. That's a good thing. But biblical hospitality really speaks of being hospitable to the brethren within the church. And in, in Paul's case, it's traveling apostles or it can be traveling preachers or traveling uh, missionaries. But the moral is that we need to be a hospitable people if we're going to be good followers of Jesus Christ. We have to be those that are willing to open up our homes to the brethren. There's an old Spanish saying, and I'm not going to try to say it in Spanish, but there's an old Spanish proverb that says there are two things that stink after three days. Fish and house guests. But see, that was spoken at a time when they lived in very small, little shack-like homes. And so everyone was crowded together and everyone was at each other's throats. But in America, even our apartments are big. There's enough space to go around. You have a spare bedroom. You have space. You should be open to be hospitable uh, to those that need a place to stay for a while. Because we become more like the Lord. Our Lord had nowhere to lay his head. He said, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. So wherever God, Jesus, when he was here, 
Wherever he went, he, he was housed by those who loved him, those that he ministered to. And so we, if we want to be more like Christ, we, we should consider, am I hospitable? Should I be, you know, there's a lot of wisdom in learning, and you got to learn it. Some people have the gift of hospitality, you know what I mean? It's like we all go to Marilyn's house. If you don't know who she is, don't worry about it. But she has great parties. They're love feasts, man. They're incredible uh Potlucks, that'll, not potlucks, she puts it all together. She's Filipino. It's, we're talking, we're talking, there's a pig there. <laughs> to eat. She doesn't, she, some people have the gift, others don't. And maybe you're one of those, oh, I'm introvert, we kind of like to stay to ourselves. You know, it's like Moses in, in, in telling the Lord, I can't speak. What did God say? Who made the mouth? Who made the eyes? Who made the ears? So God would say to us, so you're, you're an introvert, huh? That house you have, did you buy it? No, Lord. Who did? You did. You have a couple extra rooms, right? Yes. Do it unto me. Be hospitable. The Bible says that we are to be hospitable towards strangers even. And that some have unwittingly entertained angels by opening up their homes. How much more should we be hospitable to the body of Christ? In Romans 12, we're told distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Peter would say in 1 Peter chapter 4, be hospitable without what? Grumbling. Yeah. So, anyways, come in your house. And so he says to them, and when I come, verse, oh no, and, and he says to them, and it may be that I will remain or even spend the winter with you, that you may send me on my journey, whether I go, wherever I go. So he says here that he was hoping that they would. Uh, send him off on his journey, meaning in, in a peaceful way. In other words, when we have guests, when we're being hospitable, and it's time for them to leave, send them off in peace. May they leave better than when they first came. Amen? For I do not wish to see you now on the way, but I hope to stay a while with you if the Lord permits. And so, uh, the apostle Paul wished to go by there and was hoping to stay with them. But he says a real mature thing, which is if the Lord permits. The apostle Paul was used so greatly in his missionary journeys. The Holy Spirit lit a fire in his heart and he went everywhere preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He went to the left for the Lord. He went to the right for the Lord. He went to the center for the Lord. He went everywhere. But he was sensitive to the Lord's direction all the time. It wasn't like he was just, you know, spinning a map and pointing. He was, it was God was directing his steps. He, he, he planned as best as he could, but he would say, if the Lord permits. And there were times, as you know, that he was not permitted by the Holy Spirit to go to one area, but he was able to then be directed to another area by the Lord. And I think as Christians, it's a good reminder that we should allow the Lord authority over our schedules, 
and over our lives. Ask yourself, does God have authority over your monthly schedule? Does God have authority over your weekly schedule? How about your, your, your daily schedule? Does God have the authority in that in your life? Turn with me to James chapter 4, please. Give me an amen once you're there. Beginning with verse 13. If you're asking why we don't have the scriptures up on the screen, it's because I just love the sound of Bibles turning. We're Christians, man. We got to get used to that. You know, we can't, I can't, we can't. We don't want to be spoon fed. You know what I mean? Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.